brochure. I mean, it looked fun. I was a kid. They got camo on their face, laying in the forest. They got a gun, you know. And the next thing I know, I'm doing that at 2 a.m. while it's raining, and I'm like, "This ain't fun." What did, what, what did I sign up for? <laughs> I think there's good memories to pull from, and I think that's what we're trying to do here at Evets is pull from those good memories and come together and have good times and, and tell some of the stories and how can we help each other out. You know, I might, I might pick on somebody that's from a different branch, but if you've never served and you start picking on them, you know what I mean, it's kind of that. Right. Air Force. Oh. <laughs> Hello and welcome to this week's episode of Tavern Talks with Evets. Uh, today we've got the same group as last week and looking forward to the chat we've got today about why we serve. So to kick us off, we've got Travis Featherstone. So Travis, why did you serve? That's a uh, very broad, broad question. Uh, uh, re really, I, you know, started you know, kind of the, the notion really from a, a family perspective uh, was influenced by uh, both my grandfathers. Uh, one was a Marine, served in the Korean War. Uh, the other was a merchant Marine, uh, actually serving in World War II. Uh, so had those kind of influences. Um, you know, they came from the generation that didn't really talk about it too much. Uh, and so we knew of their service. Um, and then ultimately my, my father and my uncle were both uh, Army, uh, you know, served actually the post-Vietnam time frame. Um, but grew up in the, the household of, you know, very disciplined, very militaristic, um, hearing about the camaraderie stories and, you know, hey, I don't really talk to anybody that I knew from high school. I, I still cling to the relationships uh, that I, of, of folks and soldiers and friends and family basically that they met and bonded with in the military. Uh, so growing up, that was always kind of in the background. It was always uh, the backdrop of, of service. And so um, because of that, you know, holidays, like Memorial Day, Veterans Day, Fourth of July, uh, it was always reiterated that it wasn't just about barbecues and pools opening and the summer being around. Um, it had deeper meaning. Um, so there was an education around that too that, you know, sometimes the schools didn't always push. Um, but it was important um, and it was something that my father kind of always pushed. Uh, so we kind of grew up with that intrinsic uh, mindset of serving others and serving uh, in many different ways, not just the military. Uh, going into high school, that was kind of the, the dream was to follow in his footsteps and and to, to go to college, get commissioned as a second lieutenant, serve as an officer, be in the infantry. That's what he had done. Uh, and so I had it in my mindset that that was what I was gonna do. I think what solidified that even more was, of course, I was a sophomore in high school when 9-11 happened. I mean, I was in school on the West Coast. Um, so early, early in the morning, seeing what was happening at, you know, on the East Coast at, at nine o'clock. And, and that, that, def that helped solidify and validate the next few years of school. Um, doing really well in school, doing really well in wrestling, you know, I had all kinds of different scholarship opportunities and, and different, hey, you can go to this school, you can go to that school. Uh, but ultimately, you know, I stepped back and it's like, well, you know, I might be the, the greatest 
wrestler, you know, in the country or in the world. But after that and after college, well, what is there, right? Um, and so I think ultimately it was <clears throat> go to college, wrestle, and then after that be commissioned in the Army and serve. So. Good, good call there. Brandon, you're up next. So I think, you know, similar to Travis, um, grew up around a military family, but I think the thing that always stuck out most to me and one of the reasons I wanted to join was, you know, being a young boy and, and sharing a room with my older brother that I always looked up to. Um, I can remember the day that he left and joined the Air Force and, you know, yeah, well. <laughs> but, uh, you know, you see him leave, and, and then not too long after that, you know, you're a young kid, and Desert Storm happens. And I can remember sitting there and, and, and watching every night, you know, with my eyes glued to the TV and, and thinking about what everybody was doing at that point in time and thinking about my brother doing it. The H.E. did it, so I was like, you know what, when I get older, I want to do this. You know, did I think I was going to do it as a young kid? Yes. Uh, but when I got into high school and started looking at, you know, the potential of college and everything else, um, the military just seemed like a good fit. It was something I was really prepared to do. Uh, I knew I could learn additional skills and trades. I didn't really, at that point in time, um, see myself as a college student, which, you know, not necessarily every young person does. Uh, I did go back to school later on in life, but at that point in time, I wanted to do something with my life. Um, probably needed the discipline and direction uh, as most young kids do uh, so I made that decision to join you know I probably made my recruiter's job the easiest in the world because he walked in and said you know I'd like to sit here and talk to you about joining the army I said just go ahead and bring the paperwork when, when did you join so I joined in 1997 uh, I was still a senior in high school and I had already made up my mind and um, like I said I can remember working I was working a fast food job at Hardee's at 17 years old, and he come in, and he was like, did you ever think about joining the Army? I was like, you got the paperwork with you? <laughs> and he just kind of looked at me confused, and he was like, are you serious? I was like, yeah, let's do it. Awesome. So uh, we sat down with my parents, and I did it. And, you know, I don't regret anything uh, that I've done. And it was a smart move, I mean, as far as paying for your education. You know, I was able to go back to school later on in life and pay for that education. And, and Jacqueline, I've even reached out to you over the last few weeks. Now I have a daughter considering the same thing. So um, I like seeing, similar to what you talk about, Travis, a family legacy of serving and what you do for your country. You really grow to have a big appreciation of it. I like it. I like it. All right. Travis, Travis number two. <laughs> <laughs> so a little bit of similarities and opposites from Travis and Brandon here. Um, 9-11 stuck pretty strong in my mind when I was a kid. Um, but the opposites are I didn't, I didn't have a family environment that was in the military. None of, none of my family ever served. Um, but I knew growing through the years, remembering 9-11, I joined when I was 17. My mom actually had to sign for me and it was a long conversation with her. Um, but at the same time, I also had a little girl uh, she was she was going to turn two that year, and sticking with 9/11 sticking in my mind, I wanted her, I wanted her to feel safe. I guess you should say, um, I wanted, I wanted to protect not only her, but my other family members and friends that I had, um, not just locally but all over the United States. I wanted to prevent 
what happened on 9-11 from ever happening again. Um, little opposite is the education benefits. I never used them per se, um, but but I transferred them to my wife, and she's she's been able to get a good education. And uh, yeah, and so our kids have both parents to look up for and see success in now. And uh, I'll never regret signing so young. Uh, I guess you could say I became addicted to it. Um, I love my guys that I serve with. And I, uh, I plan on continuing for another eight years or more. Good call, good call. Uh, kind of similar to, I guess, Brandon and Travis. Is I grew up in the military <coughs> world. My dad was in the Air Force. He was active duty, got all the way up to a master sergeant. And then he got out for a little while, decided he wanted to commission since he got his bachelor's degree after my first, or my middle brother was born. So he commissioned at that point and became a finance officer. So he had his, most of his career in finance, uh, both enlisted and in, uh, as an officer. And I just grew up on that base and loved it. I can't remember not doing family day out there when they had an air show or just running around like no little kid should do on an air force or on a military base in general. <laughs> but by God, I loved that place. Um, and then when I was younger, my oldest brother's 11 years older than me, and he joined. And he was out at the base for a while. And then my middle brother, who's three years older than me, joined as well. So there for a while, my dad and both my brothers were out on the same base together serving. And of course, you know, by the time I decided to join in 2010, my dad had retired and both brothers had left the base. So I was the only Keeney out there for the first time in God knows how long. Um, but for me, it was just family tradition. I grew up around the acronyms. I grew up on the base loved it and it seemed natural when I was a senior in high school to join so November 4th of 2010 my senior year I got my mom to help me sign the paperwork and I started drilling with the unit for six months and I left for basic training 11 days after I graduated high school and I was the youngest member of my flight and had a really really fun time being the shortest and the youngest in the flight <laughs> so <laughs> it was it was an experience, um, but I had a great time in my six years in. I kept trying to deploy. That's really the reason I wanted to join. Take the place of somebody who was married and had kids. I wasn't at that point, but because my middle brother was always deployed and the Air National Guard is a very small family, they didn't feel comfortable deploying two Keenies at the same time, even though he was in a different unit. So at that point, I decided to focus on my civilian career and got out. But for me, it's always been a family tradition. and. Got some funding for college, which was really nice as well. So definitely took, a, uh, took advantage of the education benefits. But it's uh, it's fun when one sister-in-law and my mom come to Thanksgiving dinner and the rest of us are all talking military lingo and they just sit there and stare at their mashed potatoes hoping for some answers. <laughs> it's a different language, yeah? It's a different language. You would think they'd figure it out by now, but nah, it's fine. We'll get them a dictionary one day. So, oh, that's awesome. Thank you for sharing that. Oh. One of the, the interesting things is we've all had the opportunity to serve um, and also, you know, in, in this this decade, right, in this global war on terror, uh, you know, served during the, the post-9-11 era. Um, if we were to think about some of the other demographics and other veterans that, you know, are, are within our company and out there in the world, 
you know, what sort of influences do you think really, you know, captured their, you know, again, we're speaking on behalf of them because we don't necessarily know, but, um, you know, what are some of the influences that, that you think increased either volunteerism or even just the, the society at the time where Congress had to institute the draft? So if we go back and we look at, like, the greatest generation, we look at World War II, they were also in some similarities, driven by a, a catastrophic attack on U.S. soil. And it fueled uh, patriotism, and it fueled some pride, and it fueled probably, you know, a lot of volunteerism. Uh, but at the same time, they, they also had a draft. Um, you know, so when I think, uh, and I step back and I think about, well, why did we serve? Uh, what similarities do you guys think that, that we can draw from trying to connect with with those that, that might share some of that same stuff, but also might not share uh, some of the same influences that we have um, in serving. Well, I mean, obviously you think some of the similarities are just the desire to serve um, and, and become better for themselves uh, and do something for the country that they love so much. Uh, regardless, I think, you know, we talk about uh, Evets globally here at Eastman. You know, I have friends that served in uh, militaries in other countries, and they did it for the same reason. And of course, some nations uh, have a requirement of two-year service. Um, but I think the takeaway from everybody here and anybody that's ever served is what you learn from that year's service, whether it be two, three, four, six, twenty. Um, I think there's so many similarities in, as far as the relationships that are developed. Obviously, we all have a different reason we joined, whether it be college, family link, legacy. But in the end, I think everything comes together on common ground. And, you know, I, I got a real good friend that served uh, over in the UK, and we've had this conversation a lot. We were actually in Afghanistan together in 01. We didn't know each other then. Um, but we were there at the same time, on the same base and become friends years later and had these conversations but we've had i was like hey why'd you do it mm -hmm. and, and his answer was you know i just wanted to give back and, and do for a country that's done so much for us i think there's a lot of perspective in that and obviously i think your answers are gonna well that's interesting too that he's from england right? yeah um and so their uh, you know alliance and their you know uh, you know i think partnership with the u.s is it's a little bit different, right? It's almost like, you know, I might I might pick on somebody that's from a different branch, but if you've never served and you start picking on them, you know what I mean? It's kind of that, right? Air Force. Oh. <laughs> hey, we're like the baby sibling of I the didn't I didn't want to say it because I felt like last time we talked about that too much. It's fine. It's fine. It's you know three I'm, army against one air force. I think you don't know which one's the smartest one sitting here. I think your answers will vary so much. I mean. You know, we talked about this in the last podcast. I talked to a former Eastman employee and veteran. He never talked about his experience in the military out here because, you know, coming back from Vietnam, there were different yeah. challenges. And, and so he was always afraid to say that he served. And it wasn't until after he retired from the military, after he retired from the Eastman, he happened to have a hat on that said Vietnam veteran working at Bristol Motor Speedway one weekend. And somebody said, thank you for your service. And he was like, why am I hiding this, you know? Yeah. Uh, and I think sometimes, you know, there's good experiences that happen with the military and there's bad experiences that happen with the military. Uh, you, we, I think there's good memories to pull from, and I think that's what we're trying to do here at EVETS is pull from those good memories and come together and, 
have good times and, and tell some of the stories and how can we help each other out. Yeah. And on the side note of, yeah, we want to come together and share the good memories, we also understand the absolute crap memories. Oh, yeah, absolutely. The ones that weren't any type of fun or the ones where you had to, you know, take care of a situation that you never want to be in again in your life. And knowing that you've got people to talk to that understand on that level, maybe they weren't in that direct situation, but they understand that pain you felt in the moment in a way that somebody who hasn't been military, they may have like some sympathy for you, but they're not going to be able to sit in that trench hole and understand why you're hurting the way you're hurting that way. And so I think one of the things about EVETS and something that I've definitely realized over the past weeks and months is it's not all sunshine and rainbows, but part of EVETS is that camaraderie we all miss in the military of we're stronger together. Well, there's a, there's a psychology to, uh, you know, early on communities, right? It's why communities were only, you know, 50 people or 100 people. And then as societies grew and grew and grew, you had to draw from, well, what do I have in common with the people around me? And as you look at some of the cities like New York City, right? Millions of people, what do I have in common? You know, and, and strangely, people are still clustered together. You've got like little Brazil, little Korea, you know, Chinatown, little Italy. People that want to draw on things that are, are familiar to them. Um, and I think veterans are no different, you know. Doesn't matter if you were, you know, Desert Storm, or Vietnam, or Global War on Terror, you have commonality because we speak maybe a different language, or we've had different experiences that we think, you know, the person on my left and right might have also had similar, or they understand, you know, uh, those experiences. Yeah. The uh, last few minutes of this podcast, there was something that I think came up quite a few times, us talking about why we chose to serve. And so it's just a question I think we've all been asked multiple times in our life. And I just want to hear your experience of where were you when 9-11 happened? What is your memory there? I think everybody has that stuck in their mind, but I, I want to hear your recollection of where you were and how it impacted you. And Travis, you first. So I was sitting in math class. I remember it happening early that morning. Um, and our teacher actually, you know, just stopped class and turned the TV on said this is history we don't know what's going to happen from here um, and we, we started watching the news on it and you know at the time I was young and I knew I knew something really bad was going on that just froze time you should say um, and I like, like I just said a little bit ago that memory stuck in my mind for so long and it still does that I've, I've talked about it with my kids and, and it it has influenced me to join so I can try to prevent it from ever happening again. I know I'm just one person, um, but as a whole, Army, Air Force, whatever it may be, we can prevent that from happening again. Uh, we all have family, we all have friends here in the United States now, and I don't ever want that to happen again. And I'll, I'll talk about it with my kids, and I'll talk about it with friends, and influence anybody that would listen to help prevent that from happening again. I was actually in fourth grade English class. What grade were you in, Travis? Yeah, what grade were you in? Fourth. Yeah, oh, I figured. Oh, <laughs> fourth grade. But uh, I was, our school made the decision of not telling the students what was happening. And so every, all the teachers just kind of went into a room and they came out and the day, I remember it being a very like cold, emotionless day. 
there was no happiness. It's like the, the kids just kind of knew, even though we didn't know what was going on. And somebody else picked me up from school that day, which was not normal. My mom was a stay-at-home mom. Some days on pretty days, she'd even walk up to the school because it was just a mile away and we'd walk home together with my little red wagon. And somebody else picked me up, somebody who was on the list of case of emergency, but never in my life. And somebody else picked me up from school. And I got in their van and I just remember thinking, something's not right. And they took uh, myself and their kids to their house and we watched it on the news playing over. Um, and I actually have family in New York. So my mom didn't pick us up because she was desperately trying to get a hold of her father, her sister, her brother, and just trying to figure out what was going on because we had friends and family who worked in the city. And oddly enough, I was on the Twin Towers and have a picture on July 11th, 2001, exactly two months before they fell. I'm pictured on top of them. And a picture on the Statue of Liberty, in the Statue of Liberty, with them behind me. And it's just, for me, it was a, it was a moment of, oh my God, I have family that might be directly impacted, and then just watching the news of the people running down the street. As a fourth grader living through an event like that, all right, it just, it sticks with you, and you, you want to do what you can to prevent that from happening again for the fourth graders next year, and the year after that, and the year after that, to never have to witness that sort of trauma on the TV that's not, you know, fake, an actual real-life event. And, you know, we sit here several, several years later just talking about it. You know, I still get cold chills. So, when September 11th happened, I have kind of a, an odd story of how everything happened. Um, there was actually another soldier on Fort Stewart, Georgia, where I was stationed at the time that had the same first, middle, and last name as me in rank. So I was actually tracking down that soldier um, to give him his mail back. And I walked into his battalion talk area and looked over on the TV screen and, you know, and seen the first planes crash. And at the time, you know, I, I guess it's young and <coughs> ignorance and innocence, but I looked over and I was like, oh, that's cool. What movie are you watching? And uh, I can remember the first sergeant for the unit that this other uh, porn was in said this is not a movie this is happening right now you need to get to your unit um, so I can remember racing across post uh, back to my unit and you have to think this is not a time where cell phones are I mean they're around but it's, it's not in the hands of everyone so it's not like I'm going to call my wife and say hey are you okay so I've got those actions in the back of my head you know what's going to happen um, but as I'm racing back, you know, small little memories stick out in my mind. I'm listening to the radio as I'm going back to my unit, and I remember a story talking about the top five places in America as projected sites. And I'm in Fort Stewart, Georgia, and actually here Kingsport, Tennessee is a site, and so my heart drops because then I start thinking about my own family that's back here. Um, and I'm like, this is it, you know, this is the time. And Days I'll never forget, you know, I, I never left that night until probably 2300, you know, 11 o'clock at night, close to midnight, because we had a battalion formation, and it was it was immediate. Uh, our battalion commander uh, came out and spoke with each and every soldier, talked about the events of that day, and said, you know, go home, talk to your family, love your family, and pack your stuff. We don't know when we're leaving, but it's going to be very soon. We've already been contacted. 
And so we're talking in a matter of less than 24 hours, I knew after September 11th that I was going somewhere. Um, and going home that night and telling my wife, who at the time um, was pregnant with my last son, uh, as a young kid, you know, things start racing through your mind. And um, I was ready, I was nervous, but I will never forget that day in my mind. Well, I, I too was also in school, so I was a little bit ahead of you guys. I was, uh, I was in I was in tenth grade. Right? Yes, so you're old. At least he was in high school. Yes. And uh, unfortunately, I was in a, a remediation class that had to meet early. Oh, um, I really yeah. No, um, it was a uh, kind of like a home ec, something like that. I remember um, being in the classroom, you know, those kind of classes, you didn't really do anything. You just waited till the, the first period come around, and then so you, you're looking at, well, what homework did I not do the night before that I was supposed to? And I can I can distinctly remember it was one of those big old box TVs on the, uh, on the, the, the four-wheeled, you know, where they'd wheel in the TV for, for movies or whatever the last week of school. It was one of those. And I remember it, it coming on, and, and the teacher was just like, holy cow. Um, I can't remember her name. But I just remember, like, everyone, like, piled towards the front, sitting on desks, glued to the TV. Um, and I remember my wrestling coach actually running in, because he knew I was in that class. And he ran in, and he was like, you know you're going now. So... Before I even, you know, I had I had vocalized what school I wanted to go to. Everyone knew my, my my father went there, my uncle went there. There was a very high probability I was going there. I was already being looked at by the wrestling coach, so everyone knew that was probably where I was going. Probably ninety nine percent of the chance that I was going to go. And so he came running in from where he left his class. I don't even know what was going on in his classroom. But he came running in. He's like, you, you do know this is changing everything. You know, we are about to enter into something and you are going to go. You've been vocalizing that you wanted to be a part of the Army. Well, this is, you know, just watch in the months to come. This is what's going to happen. And, uh, and I remember him having that conversation. And I was like, oh, I'm still in high school. I've got, I got two more years of high school. I'm going to go to college. So I'm going to go four more years of college. You know what I mean? And so it didn't hit me as tough right then. Um, I knew that the world had changed. I knew that, you know, something was, was wrong. Something was wrong. Something was bad. Um, and, I, and it was, you know, similar to, you know, some other events, you know, that happened. You just see it on the news the next day and the next day and the next day and the next day. There's all this uncertainty. There's all this, you know, you know, Patriotism. And one of the one of the biggest things that I actually remember about that was the overwhelming patriotism directly after. You know, it didn't matter where you were. I mean, I I, I wasn't as privy to some of the stuff that were, other stuff that was going on in the world, but it was everyone put all their differences aside, and that was we came together. You know what I mean? Um, it's just so, amazing to think back yeah. on. I mean, we yeah. were all at different points in our lives. But it was you're 20 right. years ago. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it just blows blows my mind. <laughs> but on the other hand, you know, I just... 
we all serve for different reasons. No matter what nation we serve, or what we identify as, or who we are, the core of our being, we all serve for different reasons. But I think that something Eastmen and Evets want to showcase is whether your experiences were all good, all bad, or somewhere in the middle, whether you feel that honor yourself still, we feel honor on behalf of you. Thank you for your service because you have lived through these turning points in history and you have served you know, in, in this capacity no matter if it was two, four, six, 20 years. You raised your hand or you got drafted, but you served it. And we're all very, very thankful for your service no matter why you chose to do it. Thank you. All right, well, thank you. Thank you, uh, everyone, for joining us today.